What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome NFL strategy show. Closing out week 14 with a little Monday Night Football showdown action. I'm Dave Lochran with you once again. Follow me on Twitter at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. And Matt Gajeski joining me for every single showdown show throughout the season. And we still got plenty more coming up all the way through week 17. Matt, what's going on, brother? Not too much, man. Excited for tonight's game. Looks like we're going to see some classic run-heavy football. My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> And A.B., you know, Alex Brown. If you don't know Alex Brown by now, you're doing it wrong. Uh, If you didn't watch last week's show, you really missed out because we had a good time. And someone, despite paying us, A.B., for the insult, uh, by the way, (laughs) near decade-long defensive end for the Chicago Bears. So we're trying to bring a a real legitimate NFL player on it. This man was in a Super Bowl. So who's better to break down offenses and defenses than A.B.? But, uh, yeah, A.B., we got off the rails a little bit last week with that Terrell Suggs comp, and now we're talking about his former team. Yes, yes, we did. And I, I just I couldn't let that go, even though <laughs> uh, to make that comment, I just couldn't let it go. I couldn't agree with that. I hear you. Yeah, you know, we were um, we were just talking before the show began about this game and, and how crazy this this Cleveland Browns team is and, and, and A.B., Matt was telling me, hey, they, they run three tight end sets, you know, 20% of the time when Hooper was out in these previous two games. It is a strange uh, Cleveland Browns team that is certainly going to look to run the football, uh, and they're not even trying to hide it. No, they're not. They they want to they wanna come out and establish the line of scrimmage. They, they try to win uh, football games uh, up front. Um, they try to win from the offensive side. They want the offensive line to put pressure on you. They add... Um, big boys, more and more big boys. When I see the six and seven D line or uh, O linemen come in, or you see those big tight ends that come in that you don't even know them until they come off the sideline. You're like, wait a minute, I didn't know you were on the roster because they're, <laughs> they're blocked. That's it. That's all they're there for. Because I mean, when you got two running backs and Chubb and and um, Hunt, then you're you're set, man. All you got to do is just turn around and makes life a lot easier. On Baker Mayfield, you know Matt. I said in uh, coming into the to week one, right? It was Cleveland and it was Baltimore. Um, I said I think Cleveland wins this game and they win the division. And Cleveland got smoked. And 
I look at it now and I say, you know what? I was just ahead of the curve. Yeah, I got that wrong. I got the Carson Wentz benching wrong in, in the one week. And then the very next week, he was benched. So I'll take a semi-L and also kind of a win because this Cleveland team has played pretty good football. And uh, while I think many people anticipate them losing today, they're field goal dogs at home, 45.5 point total. I do anticipate this being a pretty good game, um, even if it's maybe not the most exciting. Cleveland's one of the weirdest teams to try to evaluate in all of the NFL, and I'm convinced of it. They're 9-3, and three, a phenomenal record, very live to win this division if you know there's still some struggles with Pittsburgh. But then you see them in recent weeks. They allow 25 points to the Jaguars. They allow 35 points to the Titans in what was one of the craziest shootouts last week. I was not fully expecting that. And, you know, I just don't know what to make of this team at this point. Which Cleveland Brown shows up today? Do we get the team that allows 25 to the Jaguars or do we get the team, you know, that had played to a 9-3 and record previously? I'm not entirely sure, but it's going to make it a fun DFS slate. And you know what makes them even harder to evaluate? The fact that they played, and, and this is not an exaggeration, they played, this team alone has played three of the worst weather games of the season. And all three of them came in succession all three of them right in a row, some really bad weather games where we saw just a, a ton of low scoring performances. It, it, look at it, Matt. They went uh, against Philly. It was a 22-17 game, but horrible weather against Houston, 10-7 and Las Vegas, 16-6. So it, it, you look at that, you almost have to throw some of that out the window, at least from a Baker Mayfield passing game standpoint, because neither team passed, neither team could pass in those games. Yeah, and if you look at Baker Mayfield in recent weeks, he has shown a little bit of prowess as a passer. And I, in those games, they flat out couldn't throw the ball. There, there were games where Baker Mayfield was like attempting less than 20 passes in a game. You want to look to the Las Vegas game, 25 passes. The Houston game, 20 passes. The Philly game, 22 passes. And we know they're a run-first team, but even that is depressed for a Baker Mayfield stat lines. He just had his first 300-yard passing game last week against Tennessee they are going to throw the ball a little bit more maybe than their stats indicate. Those do, the, the run games that we're talking about, the weather games definitely do skew him a little bit. We're happy to have all of you guys with us. Hit that thumbs up if you're just walking in the door. And if you guys haven't subscribed to the channel yet, we would love for you to do so. If you think somewhere along the way we helped you out, we uh, maybe helped you make some lineup decisions that won you a bunch of money. Ultimately, it's your decision to make those lineups, to set them, to put the money in, of course. But if you like what we do or you just like us or you hate us, but we've helped you either way, hit subscribe, help us get the 50K. And you know what? If you hate it, well, just click unsubscribe and you'll never have to see from us again. But I don't think you'll want to do that. Uh, AB, let's dive right into this one. We'll start with the Baltimore Ravens on the road. Again, three-point favorites. And you mentioned right before we got started that you could see this game being one that just goes like this real quick because both teams are going to look to run the ball uh, and run the ball often. Where last week we saw the Dallas Cowboys allow 294 rushing yards to the Baltimore Ravens, whether it was Dobbins, whether it was Lamar Jackson, whether it was um, Gus Edwards, it didn't matter. They ran on them at will. Is this something you could see them capable of doing against the Browns defense that has shown market improvement throughout the year, but still is not a brick wall, so to speak, on the defensive line? Absolutely. I mean, I, th I think you have to, you have to, if you go back and look at that first game, I mean, that game got out of hand pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, 
when you get two, three positions down, now you're out of your comfort comfort zone for Cleveland. They now they got to start throwing the ball around, and that their defense is going to have to play really well uh, early on so they can stay in this game. Then I do see it as being a very short game because both teams want to run it. They they want to pound the ball. They want to control the line of scrimmage. And uh, you, that first game, I, I think that's sitting in the back of Cleveland's mind, and it's definitely in uh, Baltimore's mind. Baltimore's coming into this game. They think. Uh, they expect to win. I think Cleveland's hoping to win. And we'll see what happens, but uh, Cleveland will need uh, Baker Mayfield not throwing the ball. Doesn't really bother me. I mean, we, we look back, just look at San Francisco. They paid all that money for Garoppolo. And then the NFC Championship game, they ran the ball. I think he threw the ball, what, 10 or 11 times. They, they, they don't care. I think they found a formula, what they believe that they can win with, and they're going to go with it. So if, if Baker can, if it calls for Baker to throw it, people got nine, ten people in the box, which I don't think uh, Baltimore will do, then I think they'll throw it and use Baker. But other than that, they're trying to run the football. Yeah, and Matt, Baltimore wants to do the same thing, right? You had um, the only issue here, of course, is is what is the allocation of opportunities going to look like? Last week, Dobbins played 38%. Edwards played 33%. Ingram played 20%. Justice Hill played 11%. Starting it off with Baltimore's run game, where are you going, and are there any spots that you feel confident in? Well, I think Justice Hill is going to be playing for the Dallas Renegades next year after he fumbled on one of those six snaps and immediately (laughs) got pulled from the game. So I don't think we'll see any Justice Hill And I I still think it's Dobbins as the lead back in the committee. He does lead the group in touches again in the last two games he's played. He, of course, missed the one due to the the COVID protocols. He's led the backfield and it's not just in raw carries too. I know Lamar Jackson doesn't exactly pass to running backs a lot, but when he does, J.K. Dobbins is the preferred pass catching back as well. Slight edge and snaps for him too. So Dobbins, I think, is the main guy in this backfield. He had five looks inside the red zone last week too, which I think we should be pretty encouraged by ab what do you think about this backfield just given uh the carousel of options they have and can go to any given week although it does feel like matt pointed as matt pointed out jk dobbins does appear as the young rookie mark ingram on the last year of his contract it appears that jk dobbins could be at least taking over uh more of the, the the majority of work going forward how do you see it play out I, I definitely um, like uh, Dobbins in this game. Uh, in the first game, I, it was it was Dobbins. I mean, he scored two touchdowns um, in the first game. So the first game against Cleveland. So and that was early on before he had really established himself like he is like he has established himself now. So I, I think it's him. I think he'll be the guy um, out of the backfield. Although you can get Edwards to break off a big run like we saw last week. Um, Edwards can break off those big runs, but Dobbins is going to get the most carries. So. Uh, if he can break off a long one and get a touchdown, then I think he could be the guy. But depending on how you think this game's going to go, if if Cleveland wins, then it will be Nick Chubb, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's what it'll be. But if if we're talking about um uh, the Ravens, if if the Ravens win this, then Dobbins will have a lot to do with it. He and obviously uh, Lamar Jackson. What do you think if you had to say? Matt, let me put it to you this way. Uh, put things in context because we could talk about this all, all day long, but if we don't kind of get into the, the the salaries and the numbers a little bit, mm-hmm. we're not doing anyone any favors. The The price point on J.K. Dobbins isn't exactly cheap, right? He is still 
relatively expensive. You're paying 8,200 for him in what has been a committee all season long. Uh, Gus Edwards, if you wanted to play him in the utilities, 5,200 and Mark Ingram is 2,800 because his, his opportunities have been weaning uh, by the day, but uh, or dwindling by the day. So when it comes to the salaries here, just specifically on DraftKings right now, does any of them stand out to you more than the other? Honestly, I think they're all appropriately priced. And I do think we need to consider Lamar Jackson's rushing upside in this situation too. Not necessarily for himself, but he will siphon carries away from some of these backs. It's why we don't really see a true ceiling. So as far as J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, and Gus Edwards, they're more GPP plays to me because of their prices. J.K. Dobbins, you're paying for the red zone role. You're paying for a slight edge in opportunities. And then with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards has been the better back of the two, but he still isn't significantly ahead of Mark Ingram in opportunities. Mark Ingram, of course, still coming off the injury. Last week, he carried the ball seven times. So did Gus Edwards. So, I mean, at that price point, why not just pay down for Ingram? And, you know, A.B., we talk about a timeshare, but we haven't even discussed their best runner yet, uh, and that's Lamar Jackson. Last week, I know you had some concerns that maybe those linebackers in Dallas would be able to slow him down, but it seems like they have just given, they just gave up. What a strange game that was. Uh, 13 for 94 and a touchdown. Is Lamar Jackson just one of these guys tonight that, that we feel like or you feel like we need to lock in? And how do you think he fares against this Cleveland defense? Um, man, I, I do. I mean, with, with him getting Andrews back, um, I think, uh, I think everything's going to open up for him. Uh, yeah, I was, the, the Dallas let me down. They let me down. I thought they play a little, a little tougher against him. And I don't have that same confidence in this Cleveland defense. So I think it's Lamar Jackson. I think whatever, uh, whatever the talk is, I mean, you, you don't put him there. I think you're doing yourself a, you're, you're not doing yourself a favor because, he is going to be the guy uh, if this team goes off and score, whatever they score, he'll be a part of it. So um, Lamar Jackson is the guy for me. And then you try to get different somewhere, somewhere else. Um, I think a lot of people want Lamar Jackson and then maybe Nick Chubb, but that's going to eat up a lot of salary. Um, if you put Lamar Jackson in that captain spot, man, he's 17, seven right now. So that's tough. That, that's a lot. You don't have much left to sprinkle around and get, uh, get some quality guys in there. So going with him and then going with Dobbins, that might be that might be a stretch. Maybe putting Gus Edwards in there because I, I know that Gus Edwards and and Ingram are getting around the same carries. But if you if you're watching the game, you see that Gus Edwards is way more explosive than Ingram, and he could take 160. Um, and I don't see that in Mark Ingram. Yeah, and Matt Lamar Jackson, AB just mentioned. If you put Lamar Jackson at the captain spot. And then you play Nick Chubb, right? Because I, I think we'd agree we're going to want some pieces of that that Cleveland run game for sure, especially against a very good Ravens secondary uh, that might once again see them not even funnel everything to the run, it, plan on doing that because that's what they do every single week. Even when they got smoked in week one, Hunt and, and Chubb combined for 23 carries. So we'll get there. But uh, that gives you 5,500 per player remaining to get four more guys into your lineup. So, yes, it, it certainly is going to make things a little bit difficult. We can talk about some punts uh, in a little bit. But ultimately, what are you doing with Lamar Jackson and, and how does it affect the rest of your lineup? Yeah, Lamar Jackson's ownership, especially in the captain slot, is double any other player, nearly double. So he's a tough guy to get to, especially if he doesn't hit his ceiling 
as a rusher. He's been unlikely to do it as a passer all year, as we've seen. He's really struggled in that facet of the game. So I do think you can get away from him and get contrarian with other captains in this spot. The Ravens runners are difficult to get to because of the timeshare. In large field tournaments, I do think they make a lot of sense in captain. But if you just want a condensed opportunity share, looking at the Cleveland backs are going to bring you a lot less ownership. And that's a more concentrated opportunity share. So I think the likelihood and ownership combined is a better situation for the captain slot than Lamar. Okay. Would your is it feasible at all not to have Lamar in your lineups? Like, would you do you see this playing out in any way where it could work without Lamar? And of course, look, we have a tool, uh, the top plays tool on Osmo. It's it gives you the you know, it's just a straight probabilities tool and shows you like what is the probability that Lamar Jackson ends up being uh, the number one player? What is the probability that he ends up being um, one of the top six players? Because you have to play six players. So you can actually get those numbers straight from the site. But I'm just curious to know where where you stand on somebody like that, uh, just given his insane upside with his legs. Right now, he has a a 25% chance of being the top player. That is easily the highest on this slate, and it's not even close. Um, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Whoa, 36%. And then 48.4% uh, either two through six. So that 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 says a lot. Yeah, so just start doing, like, the mental math in your head. Who on Baltimore can outscore him? Well, any of the pass catchers, if they outscore Lamar, he likely had something to do with it and probably ends up in the optimal lineup too. Like if Marquise Brown's the best captain, Lamar Jackson is the avenue that brought that success. And in the run game, you're dealing with three runners splitting the workload with Lamar Jackson. So what are the chances that, you know, a couple of them outscore Lamar along with, you know, a couple of Cleveland Browns. He'll be in all of my lineups that are in smaller fields, maybe less than 100,000. I think you'll really need to be contrarian in those large field tournaments and it could be viable, but even then, I'm probably just going to eat the Lamar Jackson ownership. It doesn't have to be in captain. You can play him in utility and then try to get different elsewhere because he is such a crucial part of this Baltimore offense in the run game and the pass game. Are there any pass catchers here, AB? And, and I know it's a one-game slate, so we're definitely have to come. We're going to be coming up with with something here. But any pass catchers for Baltimore that you feel comfortable going to and pairing with Lamar Jackson? Cause you said you think it'll be a game where we see a lot of rushing. And I don't think anyone in the right mind would disagree with that, but Cleveland is going to be without Denzel Ward, who is having a pretty strong season. Maybe that makes a difference. Hard to say. What do you think about these pass catchers at wide receiver and tight end? Now that we get Mark Andrews back for the Ravens. I think you hit it on the head right there. I mean, it's Mark Andrews. When you're, when you're talking about a team that, that loves to run the ball and or both teams that love to run the ball, then play action comes off of that. If they're having success and that play action typically goes to big possession uh, receivers or they try to push a ball deep down the field. I'm going to go with Andrews on this. I think Andrews will be the beneficiary on this. Um, uh, maybe Sneed. Uh, and then I, I just, uh, Brown, I guess you can see him getting a couple uh, long targets because the safeties have um have sucked up trying to um, trying to stop the run at Baltimore and you can maybe pop one over the top of them. So I can definitely see that happening. Um I just don't see where a guy's gonna have uh any receiver outside of Andrews is gonna have more than five, six actual receptions uh in this game. So I think it'll be a run first and then play action going to the tight ends and stuff like that. 
Yeah, no question. And I mentioned last week, Matt, maybe Lamar Jackson throws 17 times. And he threw 17 times. Even a blind squirrel finds him that once in a while. But based off what AB said, if you look at the props on, like, if you look at the props on DK Sportsbook, Baker Mayfield has a pass completion prop of 18 and a half. It's juiced to the over. It's minus 125, but still 18 and a half. And a passing yards prop of, I think, 224. While Lamar Jackson's passing prop is just above 200. And his pass completion prop is also juiced to the over, but 17 and a half. So there's 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 not a lot of, of meat on the bone here when you're talking about the pass catchers for both of these teams. Jarvis Landry is the only pass catcher on this slate that has a passing or receiving yards prop north of 44 and a half yards. Uh, just to, to set the table for you, there's you look at Vegas, there's no way they anticipate this being a high-scoring game. It can shoot out, crazy things can happen, understand that. But that would not suggest we're looking at a lot of um, aerial attack from either side. No, I, I, I don't think we will see a, a pass-first approach from either team. But one of these teams has to win this game. And if there's a team trailing, they will be forced to throw more. I mean, it's completely neglecting like these coordinators, what they do in negative game script, like Alex Van Pelt. He's not a complete dummy. Like in games where Cleveland has been trailing Baker Mayfield's thrown a lot. When they played Baltimore in week one, he threw 39 times last week. He threw 33 times in a game against Indianapolis that finished with a 32, 23 total. He threw 37 times. So it's not like even when they're down in games, like Baker Mayfield's just not going to throw the ball. Cleveland's nine and three if they get a negative game script, which I think could be a strong avenue to GPP success. Like everyone thinks all these teams want to run. Both teams want to run. Well, if a team gets down in the game, you can't just run the clock out. Like this isn't Jay Gruden coordinating the Browns. Like they're going to throw the ball if they're losing. Sure. Yeah. Baker threw 39 times in week one against them. Again, they still had 23 combined rushes between their running backs, but he threw 39 times because they were forced to throw. They got they were they got their dicks kicked in from from the first minute of this game. So ultimately, you can't you can't look at this and say it can't this can't happen. It can happen. We every single week, AB, we see scenarios where um, a team is very likely to to be in a in a, in a in a just back and forth match where nobody can push it past the the fifty yard line, and then boom. Five minutes into the game, they're down 21 nothing. As a matter of fact, Cleveland um, handed Tennessee one of those games just the other week where they were up, what, 21 nothing, 10 minutes into the game. So crazy things have and will happen. That's not the likelihood today. That's not what should happen or is expected to happen, but it could happen. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's why, for those of you guys wondering, it's, it's why we always will talk about certain plays, even if they're not, um, even if the likelihood or the probability of them going off isn't hot because – Weird things in football will happen. AB, if I asked you, who are your favorite options from Baltimore? Um, you know, salary considered, everything considered. Who would you say your top guys are that you'd want to plug into a lineup first? Well, I, I like, um, I actually like going the Lamar Jackson uh, in the captain spot uh, this week. And if I'm going to do that, because I do want to have Nick Chubb, because if this uh, if this game stays close, I think it'll Nick Chubb will get a lot of that, um, a lot of that run. Then I would probably go with Gus Edwards and hope that I can get a, 
get the same amount. I mean, eight to ten carries, but he he busts one. Like he he goes. I mean, we saw him last week. I think he had two carries for over twenty yards. Um, I like really bust one and score a long touchdown. Uh, I think that's definitely within his capability. So I like Lamar Jackson, uh, Nick Chubb, and then Gus Edwards. I I love those guys. Um, and that's who I'll be kind of building uh, my lineups around tonight. Same question to you, Matt. The Ravens, I think, you know, in large field tournaments, I do think I want to get contrarian with some of the pass catchers. I agree with everything AB said. You definitely want Lamar Jackson. He just has the highest upside, and it's not even really close. But again, one of these teams is going to have to trail in this game. One of these teams is going to lose. Lamar Jackson, in losses, he's also thrown the ball a lot, too. Like the New England game stands out where he throws 39 times against Tennessee, 29 times. It hasn't been efficient, but if Lamar Jackson is forced to throw, getting a contrarian approach and maybe looking at someone like Mark Andrews, who maybe also highlighted his mismatch for this team, in tournaments, that's a strategy I really like. So could you see going with a situation where you have, like, Lamar Jackson captain and two Baltimore pass catchers, or maybe Mark Andrews captain and then Lamar Jackson in the utility with another Baltimore pass catcher just playing that angle that if this game does happen to shoot out or Cleveland, who's playing really great football right now, ends up going up early, you could see Lamar Jackson forced to throw and not a lot of people and just completely avoiding the, the ground game. You completely avoiding the running backs for Baltimore in certain lineups. Yeah, you could do that. And like A.B. said, I don't even hate throwing Gus Edwards into the mix because of price. If you take like a cheap Baltimore running back and then you also have Lamar in the pass game, you're probably running like a four, two or a five. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One stack in favor of Baltimore, assuming they win that game. But it's viable because I don't think it would work with Dobbins. But if you use Gus Edwards or Mark Ingram, the prices are are there. You can do that. And you should check out the uh, the 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 short like seven minute videos that Josh Engelman does for Showdown sites. He does one for Fanduel and for DraftKings, and he'll give you his simulation results, uh, which are really helpful. Just giving you the how often does this happen? How often does this happen? What is after running this many simulations? What was the optimal? Uh, ratio between Baltimore and Cleveland players, all of that stuff. It's cool. So check that out as well. It won't take up uh, much of your day either. Um, And by the way, guys, for $1, you can get all of our NBA content all the way through December 29th. I'm not saying you can use this through December 29th. What I'm saying is if you were to use it today on the 14th, you'd have all of our NBA content through December 29th for one single dollar. All you have to do is use the promo code CARUSO, C-A-R-U-S-O, at checkout, awesomeo.com slash join. 
when you get our premium week or when you get our premium NBA package. So you get all of the preseason content for $1. And for that same dollar, you also get the first week of the NBA season, regular season. I'm talking everything, all access, projections, ownership, boomer bus tool, lineup builder, all of the amazing premium articles, anything on the site outside of fantasy cruncher, because well, we host them to our site. We can't give you discounts on that. Plus it's an insane product. You want that if you're going to check it out. All of it for a dollar, all the way through the 29th. So get in on that today. That's 15 days for $1, including the first week of the NBA season. It's Caruso at checkout. If you have any questions, you can hit me up on Twitter as well and DM me. By the way, follow AB at Alex Brown 96 right? I got that wrong last time, but we're, we're good now. And Matt underscore Gajeski, um, just, just, just hop over there and give them a follow and go to awesome underscore com. Check out the giveaway. All you have to do is guess who has more passing yards, Lamar Jackson or Baker Mayfield tonight. Actually a pretty tough question. A random winner among the select, uh, the, the correct answers is going to get a free full year of awesome plus NFL all access NFL for an entire calendar year. So check that out. All right, I'm done. AB, let's jump over to you. Start with Cleveland. Let's go mm-hmm. straight to the running backs here. I'm going to let yep. you just dive right into it because they want to run, and we've pretty much said that a lot already throughout this show. Yes, I mean, and it starts with Nick Chubb. I mean, I think he he pretty much solidified it. When he went out um, and Kareem Hunt took over, I actually thought because Kareem Hunt is more explosive and he showed that when he was in Kansas City, I thought that he would take over that spot. And that's not the case. I mean, Nick Chubb is just an animal. I mean, he doesn't, he's not going to truly like break 190 and take it to distance, but he is that guy who's going to get 20, 25 carries and he's just going to, he's going to carry this team. Assuming, he's so good. Right. He's so good. But then Kareem Hunt comes in after he's like just pounded on the defense and now he's a little quicker. So he hits the hole a little quicker and teams aren't ready for that. So sometimes you can get those games where even though Nick Chubb has the more carries, you got Kareem Hunt in there with 12 carries, but he has 88 yards and he scored a touchdown. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it, this is going to be, this is run first. If you're looking at, if you're looking at Cleveland then you're definitely looking at their, their running backs. And, um, I like what Matt's talking about as far as, uh, if, if you believe this game's going to get out of hand, like it did the first game, like by halftime, that game was three possessions. Um, the Cleveland was three possessions down. So in that particular game script, then yes, you 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 got to look at Baker Mayfield and him throwing the ball. I think the defense is playing better now. I don't think the game gets out of hand. So uh, at no point do I think it gets more than two possessions, so like ten points. So I don't think it forces Cleveland to throw it or forces Baltimore to throw it. So. I think it will be a run first game and the running backs will play a big part tonight. No question. And Matt, I would urge anyone watching the show to go look at Nick Chubb's play by play, like by each play, each time he touches the ball by game and look at one very easily identifying factor that AB just touched on. They wear teams down with the ground game. Go look at all of his biggest runs from the season. almost every single run from uh, Nick Chubb that was for 20 plus yards is in the second half. And the big ones, the 50 plus yard runs, almost all of them have been in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter, fourth quarter against Philadelphia, 54 yards against uh, 
Houston, 59 yards late in the fourth quarter. Just go on and on and on. It's crazy to see how they wear down opposing defenses. And if the game is close or if they're playing in a favorable game script with a lead, you don't want to be on the opposite end of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb late in the game in the fourth. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you could say the same thing for for the Ravens, and that's why this is such an interesting GPP slate. Uh, again, not to just harp on this, but I don't think both teams can play run first the whole time. Even if it's a 10-point deficit that one of these teams is in, like is Cleveland just going to run three plays in a row if they're down by 10? I would argue no. Is Baltimore? I would argue no, and we've seen this. If you go back and look at some of the games they've played, you know, the New England game against Baltimore, there was a six-point deficit. That's what the margin of victory was for New England. Lamar Jackson threw 34 times in that game. It's not like when they're down, they can just continue to ride the run. And it doesn't have to be a three touchdown game. We see this in negative game script, but if one of these teams is up and whoever you project that to be, I think building your lineups around that will be crucial. If you think Cleveland's winning this game, I think it's probably, probably fairly likely that one of the runners is an optimal captain or at least in the optimal lineup. Right. Um, Let me stick with you here for a second, Matt. When we when we discuss the idea of them being in the optimal or being the or in the optimal or being the captain in the optimal lineup, uh, the top the the pr- probability that these guys finish as the number one score, Lamar Jackson, like I said, it's not even remotely close. And by the way, for three ninety five a week, you can get all of our showdown content uh, in the NFL Express package, rankings included for the main slate and Express lineup builder, Express top stack tool. I won't get into it all, but all of our showdown content is now included for less than $4 a week. And they're amazing tools built by the number one DFS player in the world. And he uses them to win a lot of money himself. But Lamar Jackson, just so you know where I'm coming from when I read these numbers off, in this in the top players tool, 36% uh, top player probability. Nick Chubb is second at 13%. But he also has a 31% chance of being in the uh, in the in the optimal, you could say, two through six. But Kareem Hunt is fourth in both captain or uh, top performer and fourth in two through six. So just being in the optimal in general, that just goes to show you what you're dealing with with this team. When both running backs, even in a one-game slate have that high a probability of being some of the top scorers or one of the top scorers or the top scorer on the entire game. Honestly, like if you think Cleveland is up by a score or two in this game, how crazy is it to play Chubb and hunt in the same lineup and just ignore the rest of Cleveland? I honestly don't think it's that crazy. If you look back at their recent games, like Chubb 19 touches last week, cream hunt 17 touches last week, the week prior 22 touches for Chubb, 10 for Hunt. That's a lot of opportunity just condensed in the Cleveland backfield. I do think it is contingent on them winning this game. And I think they'd have to play through a lead throughout for that ceiling to be realized, but it's something that definitely could happen in my opinion. Yeah, they could get, we've seen them easily go 30 plus or almost 40 combined touches in certain games. AB the passing game uh, hasn't been as stellar, but like we said, they played in some bad weather spots And then last week, Baker Mayfield erupted for 334 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, 25 of 33 passing. He was he was stellar. Do you see any possibility against this Baltimore Ravens secondary that has been pretty? I mean, Marlon Humphrey leads the league in forced fumbles this season with, I think, six. 
I won't even get into it. They are a good secondary. You mentioned last week when we talked about the Dallas game that they're so good at stripping the ball. Uh, Should we be concerned about Baker Mayfield today? Uh, I think you have to – you have to think about how – um, Baltimore is going to come in and try to stop uh, this this um, Cleveland uh, offense. So if they're going to come in and they believe they're going to try to run the ball, which everybody really thinks they're going to try to run the ball, and if they have success, they're going to have to run the ball. Can Baltimore stop their run game with seven-man front? Can they stop it with an eight-man front? So if they can stop with a seven-man front, then Baker Mayfield is not going to be – like this, this game will get out of hand pretty quickly. The only way Baker can really uh, get going – is if they're putting eight people in the box and sneaking down a night guy or something like that, now he has those those windows of one on one because Baker isn't the he isn't the most accurate guy. So he it's hard for him to fit balls into small windows. But if he can throw the ball up and his guys can go make plays, I mean we're all talking about uh NFL receivers here. So um I think Landry can make plays uh going across the field. And if you you find them, if you catch them in man, which uh, Baltimore will run. If you catch him in man and you have those crossing routes, guy gets knocked off, you can knock off a 40-yard um, pass play just by a little eight-yard route, you know? So, like, those – I think that's how you got to really think about the game. And Matt mentioned uh, – he mentioned uh, New England. And New England, well, they're a little different because you know how Belichick is, and he's going to come in and he's going to take away what you do best. He's going to make you do something else. So in that particular game script, he doesn't want Lamar Jackson to run. So he wants to take that away from him so it forces him to pass. So in this game script, will Baltimore come out and force Baker Mayfield to beat him and put eight men in the box? So, I mean, it's just there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of chess pieces moving, and I think they'll come out and they'll try to stop the run to make Baker Mayfield beat him. All right, Matt, let, let's – Let's uh, let's stay on that for a second. Is this something that you could see playing out as well? And if it does, how do you attack the passing game? The passing game, man, again, I, I think you just want to think about when you're building your lineups, which team do you think is is going to win this game? And it, like in chat, everyone's going back and forth on the team they think wins this game. I, I don't think you're going to really get an edge in ownership by picking one side or the other, but if you just play the passing game on either side, I do think it will give you a little bit of an edge on everyone trying to stack the run games. I don't have a strong preference between the passing games between these two teams, if it makes sense. All right. Well, what do you think if we get into the the specifics a little bit here, what are your thoughts on Jarvis Landry who, I mean, I know you don't care too much about cornerback matchups, understandably so, but he's going to see a lot of Marlon Humphrey, uh, you know, the outside corners on this team are also good. It could be it could be a little bit of a tough time here. And then with Austin Hooper unlikely to play, you're going to see Harrison Bryan and David Njoku again on a team that runs an insane amount of 12 personnel. I think I went, we looked over it before the show, and I think we concluded that last game um, they had, what, what did we say? They ran two plays without 12 personnel. I think that's yeah. what we said. Yeah. yeah. So given that, like, what what should we be doing with the tight end position and, and, and what should we be doing with the receivers as well? Yeah, so you bring up wide receiver cornerback matchups. It's not that I don't care about them. They're more just tiebreakers for me. I'll look to volume first and foremost. The thing with Landry today, even if Marlon Humphrey wasn't on him, where where would he get an easy matchup? All of Baltimore's corners are stout. So I don't think 
Marlon Humphrey stands out above any of, you know, like Jimmy Smith is questionable, but you, the Baltimore secondary is phenomenal. As far as the tight ends go, you mentioned it. They're using 12 personnel at one of the highest rates in the league. You and I were joking before the show, they used three tight ends more than any other team. And when we isolated the games where Hooper missed, they still used three tight ends on nearly 20% of their snaps. So you are going to see a ton of Harrison Bryant. You're going to see a ton of David Njoku. And they're already on the field a fairly decent amount heading into this game with Austin Hooper in the mix. Looking at someone like Njoku, who's near the stone minimum on this slate, he's going to play a lot today. Yeah, he is. You know, AB, I was just thinking about this now. Do you think that one of the reasons Cleveland was uh, was able to come out and blow the doors off Tennessee through the air early on was because Tennessee defensively came into this game with the sole idea of being able to contain them on the ground? Yes. they. You, you have to almost pick your poison here. You got to right. – which do you want? I mean, you want Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb to just kill you on the ground? Or do you want to stop that and make Baker Mayfield beat you? I mean, I think if you're rolling the dice, then – you got before that game, I mean, you got to make Baker Mayfield beat you. And I think that's what um, Baltimore wants to do. But it's interesting because if they come out in 12 personnel or they come out in, in three tight ends, then Baltimore can't run out all those corners because they're going to be in trouble. You got a tight end block in a corner. So they, they're going to have to do something different to maybe get um, another linebacker on the field or another safety on the field, which, I mean, now you pull one of those um, one of those really good um, defensive backs off the field. So I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of chess pieces moving, and 12 personnel is serious, especially if they get going downhill. I think Baltimore could be in trouble uh, if, they, if they're running out those, um, those really good corners that really aren't uh, run stoppers. Would you, would you captain spot Baker Mayfield in any scenario? No, I wouldn't. What about you, Matt? I think you could, but it's not so much because of his talent. I think it's more of an ownership play in large field tournaments. We know what Cleveland Captain wants. Captain spot ownership right now is 12%, so half of that of Lamar Jackson, for good reason, but it's the same as Nick Chubb, half of Lamar Jackson. Go ahead. Yeah, still a little bit low for just a quarterback overall, considering where we typically see quarterbacks on these slates. And like I mentioned, it's not a talent or a game script thing like what Cleveland wants to do is run, but in the event they're down and Baker has to throw, I think he's a contrarian captain. Given that it's 12%, it's just typically we see quarterbacks a little bit higher. Matt, All right. Matt think that Go ahead. Yeah. Even if it's a, even if it's a, let's say the game script is like the first game where he has to throw the ball. I still don't think he could be successful throwing the ball against Baltimore. So that's why I say it. I just don't think, I mean, what is he going to throw for? If they're down by three touchdowns, I don't believe he can throw three touchdowns against this defense. Um, no, I, I, that's why I wouldn't do it. But and How much interest would you have in Baltimore? You know, go ahead, Matt. I was going to talk about the defense, but we'll do that to wrap the show up. Matt, go ahead and respond to that. No, I don't want to, I don't want it to seem like I think Baker Mayfield's an optimal captain. I think for the, what you just said, if Cleveland is down in this game, I think there's probably a chance Baker Mayfield had something to do with that. You know, like throwing some interceptions and turnovers, which obviously wouldn't be good to his stat line. It would strictly be, you know, a millie maker type situation where I think his ownership is too low, typically compared to where we see normal quarterbacks. I, I don't think Baker Mayfield himself is a fantastic play. If that would makes you, sense. Uh, yep, gotcha. Maybe would you would you look towards Baltimore defense in this game because it's tough to play defenses against the team that's going to run so much because 
You'd like to get some pick sixes and interceptions, and you would like to get some sacks as well. But mm-hmm. if you think that it could develop into a spot where Baker Mayfield's forced to throw and he can't throw well against Baltimore, their defense has to stand out to you as at least a decent option, right? Yeah, I, I think so. If you, if you believe they can, um, which I, I don't think so, I don't think that Baltimore's going to get that lead like they got in the first time because I think uh, Cleveland's defense is playing a lot better right now. But I do believe if if you if Baltimore does get a lead, I think it gets worse for Cleveland when they have to do something they're not comfortable doing, and that's throwing the ball 35 times a game. I mean, I watch it every week with the Bears. I mean, every time they have to throw the ball 35 times, they're in trouble. So um, you don't want Baker throwing the ball that much. Um, if so, it's just not that he can't be successful. It's just not probable. It's not, it's not a highly likely uh, scenario for the Cleveland Browns if they're going to win. Matt, talk to me a little bit here before we wrap things up. And again, appreciate you guys being with us all the time. Uh, you know, these are free shows and we love doing it and we love having you guys help support us here on the channel. The one way you can do that is, you know, continue to hit the thumbs up if you appreciate and enjoy this content and subscribe to the channel. Uh, and the the one crazy thing, Matt, now is without without Austin Hooper, with him, I don't think he's, is he officially out yet? I know they said they were going to play it by ear throughout the day. You, um, you got like some of those reports from the sideline reporter saying he's unlikely to play. Unlikely. So I would, yeah, unlikely. Right. That's what I saw as well. Uh, how willing are you to get to Harrison Bryant or David Njoku? Just one, because I think this could be a spot that goes a little bit overlooked, and I want to hammer this home, uh, just given the, 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 the lack of value options across the board today. Yeah, I'll be, I'm going to play a lot of these guys. And I don't think with Harrison Bryant and David Njoku, the game script necessarily matters as much because they're cheap. Right. They already played a significant number of snaps. Last week with Austin Hooper, Harrison Bryant played 39 snaps out of 72. David Njoku played 30 out of 72. They even used Steven Carlson. He's purely a blocker, but he's just a fourth tight end. He played a few snaps. And now we remove Austin Hooper from the picture. And I know before the show, you and I tried to isolate the games without Hooper previously. And in those games, they still use two tight ends, a majority of their snaps. And they use three tight ends on nearly 20%. So it's it's not like there's a significant talent drop off between Hooper to Njoku and Harrison Bryant. This team is using 12 personnel a majority of the time, regardless of Hooper's status. I just realized too that our... Uh... Osimo's top showdown in single day, uh, game plays that the, the, what we've been referencing throughout the show, these probabilities tool, are, it, it, and it's, it's awesome. It's free today. Uh, single game plays for DraftKings and FanDuel. Yes. Yeah, so that's free on the site at awesome.com. Check that out. If you'd like to see what we're referencing and you haven't been over to Osimo, uh and you know, maybe you're not in the position right now to, to join the community. Here's a good way to, to jump in and see what we've got to offer it, of course, and the Caruso promo, but this is entirely free. Um, all right, AB, let's close it out with this, as we always do. Your final prediction, score, uh, Baltimore laying three points on the road. What are you doing about that spread? And uh, the total, 45 and a half points. A lot of times, based on your decision, or uh, based on your answer, will dictate how a lot of your lineups are going to look as well. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Uh, it. I think Cleveland. I think Cleveland keeps it close, and if uh, Cleveland keeps it close, that means their defense is playing pretty well. Um, I like the under on this one, and I do, but I do like Baltimore to, um, to cover. So I'll go with Baltimore and the under. Okay, Baltimore and the under. So low scoring game here. What are you thinking? Like 
24 20 or do we like, get it 21 yeah. um something like that 20, okay. 24 around, around that. that that's what i that's what i see this game going um the touchdowns there won't be plenty there won't be there won't be plentiful that's for sure the touchdowns will be scarce all right, appreciate you legalized. 720 Red Dog. We he, he's hanging out with us all the time in chat. It says Browns 20, Ravens 17. Matt, what do you say? I like the Ravens. I like the under. I'm with A B in this. All right. Um I'm going with a push. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but, I, but I do think this game's going to be really close. And I don't have a good, I don't have a good read, honestly. Like Cleveland at home, they're playing really good football recently. Baltimore just it got, began to get everybody back. They're getting healthy. You know, side bets for, for football are very difficult, and we all know that. But um, uh, I'm going to go Cleveland here. I, I think they, they have enough right now on both sides of the field to be able to make this a close enough game. Uh, if Baltimore wins, I think it'll be by marginally. Uh, and maybe, maybe this is one where you tease this game. I think that could make a lot of sense. But – Ultimately, I think the Browns stay very competitive. I'll take the Brown. I'll take the points, three points with the Browns. Uh, but usually, I'd like to bet the, the dog and the over. I still think this is going to be pretty low scoring as well. So I'll go Browns uh, and the under. Guys, thanks for hanging out. As always, coming up is the Monday morning quarterback show with Alec, uh, Adam Share, Josh Ingham, and myself breaking down everything from Week 14 on Fantasy Cruncher lineup study. We can talk, tell you all of the exposures that everybody had. We can tell you what ownership looked like, what their performance was, you, literally everything compared to all of these slates, the winners, the losers, what went right, what went wrong. Uh, it's really a great way to study what happened each week and apply that knowledge into the following week, and it's all entirely free. So final thoughts, A.B., before we head out. Don't don't miss out on Tucker. If we if, if you believe oh, it's going to be a score game, <laughs> if you believe it's going to be a low scoring game, which I do, there will be some opportunities for Tucker to get some 40, 45 yard field goals in because that means they're just not converting when they get down into the red zone. So uh, keep Tucker in mind. All right, I like that. I'm glad you pulled that up because I forgot. What about you, Matt? Final thoughts. One thing that A.B. said that really stuck out to me was this matchup, the Cleveland tight ends against the Baltimore secondary. How does Baltimore respond with their personnel to Cleveland using two, sometimes three tight ends? They can't have all these corners on the field without a major mismatch. And not a lot of teams run what Cleveland is going to put out there on offense. So I'm curious to see how this Baltimore team responds to it. That was a really good take, Alex. It's not something I thought about prior to the show. All right. Beautiful. Thanks, guys. Appreciate all of you. We'll see you back here soon. Thursday night. Do we have Thursday night football? I think we do. Yeah, next man, we Friday. do. We, we do. do. All right. Yeah. Beautiful. Next next slate, anytime there's showdowns, you can find us 10 a.m. Eastern right here on the Awesome o YouTube channel. Follow AB at Alex, uh, Alex Brown 96, Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, myself at Lafayette underscore D, and of course, Awesome o at Awesome o underscore com. Thanks, Jordan Klein, for producing this one as always. We'll see you back here soon, guys.